Hey there. Thanks for tuning in to Ermia Matters, where we talk all things Ermia as an association and all things higher education risk management and insurance. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone. This is Jenny Whittington. Welcome to Ermia Matters. Today, I have the pleasure of having longtime board member Alan Brooks from Chapman University as my guest. And as I said, Alan has served back-to-back board terms, and he is our special guest today, and we are going to talk about his career in risk management, and then we are going to touch on Ermia's Career Center. Um, So in in, um, preparing for today's podcast, I I did some thinking about Alan and I, and, and when I met him, and He nor I can remember the exact moment that we met, (laughs) but I looked up in his record and interestingly, Alan, I don't, you might not know this, but I believe you have attended 39 programs with Ermia over your tenure. So that is quite a bit. So thank you so much for your involvement with Ermia. First, I'm going to ask Alan to just talk about his his career at large, um, kind of high level, how you got involved in risk management. And I know you have a very interesting story to tell. So welcome to the podcast, Alan. I'll turn it over to you. Thank you, Jenny. Uh, thank you very much. 39 programs, so I wasn't aware of that. So that's an interesting <laughs> statistic. I wonder if that includes the ones where I stuck in the back door. <laughs> Perhaps. Uh, All the online ones are included, too. So it's not just face-to-face programs. Ah, okay. That helps That helps explain it. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to begin a little bit, describe me a little bit about my background and what brought me into this industry. You know, I'm probably... Uh, not very different from most of our institutional members in that I didn't go to college to be a risk manager. That's a path that somehow I got on. My undergraduate degree, my graduate degrees were both in the social sciences, and my first real job was actually in utilization review and quality assurance programs in the healthcare industry. So in that job, I, I learned for the first time really how to work on a team. We were a team of people that included nurses, medical records professionals, a physician, myself. I was actually the medical social consultant at that point in time. So we visited uh, and surveyed a wide variety of facilities, general hospitals, specialty hospitals, including those serving the psychiatric and intellectual developmental disorders and nursing homes as well. And part of the job, my responsibility was observing, interviewing, and evaluating both professional staff and the patients in those facilities. So I suppose that helped me develop my observational skills to to some degree, and certainly that's something I think that's critical to the job of risk management. So I would say in retrospect, while I wasn't a risk manager in the traditional sense at that point in time, my job did involve many of the techniques that are now employed by full-time risk managers. Uh, The job involved advising management of these facilities on how to manage a wide variety of risks and to help them understand that failure to comply with the requirements of the Medicare and Medicaid programs, which we were contracted to survey on behalf of, could have pretty significant consequences, including the the loss of reimbursement under those programs. Not that different than what we do uh, as risk managers to assure compliance. 
Sure. After that experience, we kind of we moved into the insurance business. We were working on self-insured group medical benefit programs, and I moved into the property and liability side of the business. I actually was partner in an independent insurance agency that we started from scratch and operated that for quite a number of years. And we actually sold that to a bank that was trying to expand their operations in the insurance industry. And I worked for the bank for quite a number of years. And uh, after that, I began to work as a third-party administrator for a number of industry programs. We covered health insurance, liability insurance, and workers' comp insurance. And after part of that experience, I became president of a mutual insurance organization. We were operating in eight, six different states, but eight different self-insured pools. Wow. It's a pretty extensive operation. We operated a loss control company, a medical case management company, payroll processing company, and ultimately we became an underwriting managing general agency. I formed a Cayman Island captive and we insured a number of our programs in that regard. Wow. You've worn so many hats, Alan. I I actually, I didn't know that your experience was that extensive. It really, it makes me realize how, how much your history, it brings really context to your answers in the community. So, I mean, the the Ermia community has really benefited from all that experience. So what did you do after the insurance business? While I was in, in that mode working in the insurance industry, I decided I've got a be a professional in the industry. So that's when I began pursuit of some of the credentials, the professional credentials, and that's when I earned my Charter Property and Casualty Underwriter designation, the Associate in Risk Management, the Associate in Reinsurance, and Associate in Underwriting. And I took a number of courses in many of the other degree programs as well. So I just, I feel like it's a really important element of one's professional development. It, it helps you to, to understand the industry that you're in, the broad scope of it, and it allows you to demonstrate your knowledge and your commitment to the profession. So to me, that was important. Ultimately, I sold my ownership interest in that operation and embarked on a new a new venture unrelated to my professional expertise. That's what took me to California. I was actually living in Florida at the time, having moved there from North Carolina. But I came to California looking for a new experience, looking to do something new, try something different. And, and I did that and enjoyed it for quite a while. But then I just had that longing to return back to my core competency. I had invested all those years learning the insurance industry, earning the professional credentials. And I said, I've got to get back to my core competency. And that's ultimately what brought me to Chapman University, where I began in 2006. Um, Chapman at that time had no risk management function. It was an administrative assistant that was helping with insurance renewals, but that was about the extent of it. So I began at Chapman organizing the university's first risk management program, also took on responsibility for overseeing environmental health and safety, which at that time was just one person. So it was me, risk manager, one person who was our EHS specialist. And over the years, it's been 15 years now, so our department now is staffed with two people in the area of risk and insurance, myself as the director of risk management, and then I have an insurance manager who is also becoming quite uh, the expert in all areas of risk management. And I have three professional staff in environmental health and safety. Wow, so, that's um, great. That's one of the things I think that 
that I enjoyed and I'm, I'm sure most of our members enjoy is really the opportunity to build something from scratch, to take ownership of it and and contribute. And I think I, I enjoyed contributing in that regard to the Chapman University program. And, you know, I have to have to give a lot of credit to Ermia because I was had good experience in a lot of these areas as I've described, but no focus on the higher ed environment. And sure. I knew that I had a lot to learn. Like many of our members, I turned to Ermia and my first annual conference in Denver at 2007 is what got me started with Ermia. Yeah, I've heard that story often over the years. And yeah, I knew that uh, Denver was your first conference. So my first conference was just the year before that. <laughs> right. uh, or no, I'm sorry, in 2005. I guess I was a couple of years before you, but... <laughs> I remember Denver fondly. So once you came to that conference, how else did you get involved with Ermia? That that really gave me an opportunity and encouraged me. You know, I, I saw that I learned so much from so many people participating in the conference. And then I began to take advantage of the, the listserv and I became a regular contributor. I was able to answer questions that were presented by my fellow members. I enjoyed that opportunity. Then a couple of years later, someone asked me, why don't you join the communications committee? And sure. of course, I joined the committee, <laughs> and next thing I knew, I was uh, co-chair of the committee. <laughs> it <laughs> happens like that sometimes. How does it work, how does it work that way? I'm a brand new guy, and I'm now, all of a sudden, I am the co-chair of that committee. But we had some great people there, and we did so many fun things. We we worked on the Ermia Insights, the Ermia Journal. We put together quite a number of webinars, a lot of educational programs, including the Higher Education Risk Management Week. It was a one. It was a week long program at that point in time. So, I I enjoyed all that work considerably. I've been involved in a lot of other things, attending attending conferences at the national level, on the regional level. I've presented at many of the conferences. I presented via the web. I've moderated at many conferences and actually took on the responsibility for hosting the Western Regional Conference that we had quite a number of years back in Newport, Newport Beach, California. Yeah, I, I know you were involved in the Western planning several years, and we appreciate all of your volunteer efforts. You have been a volunteer extraordinaire, Al. <laughs> so thank you so much for all of your time and effort, because Ermia has really benefited from it. And then what happened? What was next in your Ermia timeline? Someone encouraged me. They actually nominated me. They asked, but then they nominated me to serve on the board, on the Ermia Board of Directors. Somehow I won <laughs> that slot. <laughs> and uh, two terms later, I am, I've been on the board. I'm now concluding my second term on the Ermia Board this year. But at the same time, I'm concluding my professional career with my retirement from Chapman University. So I hit age 70 this uh, last month, and I am moving on to a new element of my life. But yes, the Ermia's the third chapter. key element of it. Yeah, third chapter. <laughs> exactly. Congratulations. I know, I mean, it's been, it's probably been a month or maybe six or seven weeks ago when you put that on out on the community and your support was really strong. A lot of people chimed in and, and recognized all of your contributions to Ermia. So the other thing I wanted to talk about today during the podcast, not only honoring Alan and your wonderful service to Ermia, was to bring up our career center. And when Alan kindly posted about his retirement, he also included a link 
to Ermia's career center where the his position was posted. So I just wanted to bring up for all the listeners out there that Ermia has recently moved the Career Center to a new menu in on our homepage called Services. If you go to the Career Center on the Ermia webpage, you can see it a little bit more clearly in this um, new navigation. But the, the things I really like to share about the Career Center are one, that our career center is shared with at least four other groups. So it's not only jobs for higher education risk managers. There are also jobs for the ACUA members, which are the college and university auditors. It's also ACIDI, which is the Association for Collegiate Conference and Events Directors International. It also includes NACUBO, which are the business officers, and NACUS, which is the auxiliary services. And I believe there's another uh, couple accounting groups within the our collective group. So when you look at jobs, you have a wider audience than the 2,600 members of Ermia. You also are getting the audience of those other groups, which I think is pretty compelling. So I know, Alan, you had a little bit of experience with the Career Center. Can you share what you learned about the Career Center? For my position, we actually did not, we decided not to recruit directly ourselves, which is normally what we do. Right now, with all things COVID, I'm extremely busy because particularly in my role, I head up environmental health and safety as well as risk in general. And my boss is the executive vice president, chief operating officer who reports to the president. So we are all just extremely busy with COVID along with everything else and yeah. consulting and making decisions. So we put the we put it out to an executive search firm. And he actually, as soon as that paperwork was signed, our contact with that firm actually went to the career center, posted it, got found that it was very easy to navigate, very, very intuitive, and he successfully posted it. And I haven't seen the candidates so far that are being considered by my understanding is that that we were quite successful in getting a wide array of candidates. And I think a significant number of those came from the Ermia Career Center. I'm looking forward to having an opportunity to review some of those resumes over the next couple of weeks and play a role in uh, selecting my replacement who will report as I did to our EVP COO. So the Career Center I found is if you look through there, there's, last time I looked, there were over 180 jobs posted, a wide array of jobs relevant to the academic environment. There's certainly no scarcity of exciting opportunities for those that are trying to build their career in risk management and insurance. And it's just a really well-developed resource site. I think it's very valuable to any of you who might be looking for new professional opportunities or those who are looking for well-qualified, well-connected professionals to fill vacancies in your operations. So I do encourage everybody to take a look at it, become familiar with it, because you never know when it might be helpful to you and your organization. Yeah, and just a little bit of history around the Career Center, and, and you might you may remember all of this, but in the first, oh gosh, maybe seven or eight years with Ermia, we had our own Career Center that we as a staff internally kept. And then Ermia is always looking for additional sources of revenue. So we had a proposal to join this group. So we decided to outsource our career center and we get a portion of the uh, revenue 
from a third party. So this does help keep our dues low, which is always helpful. But to prepare for the podcast, uh, Ernie is posting a our membership and marketing position. We've had a couple open positions uh, during COVID. And I actually used Ermia's app and I created an account through our career center. And I wanted to tell everybody who's listening that it wasn't frustrating. I know I get very frustrated sometimes filling out applications on my phone, but I did the whole thing on my phone and it was super easy to create an account. So I would encourage all of our members just check it out. It's free to create the account and then you can get in and look at all the different resources. And as Alan said, you can look for positions by geography, by keyword. It it really is a pretty impressive site. And then they have some tips on resume writing and things of that like. So I would encourage everybody to check out our Career Center. And there are quite a few positions out there. I noticed the same thing, Alan. I think now is the time for risk management. Never waste a crisis. And we're we're certainly (laughs) still in one right now. Alan, I wanted to ask you for the three tips that you have for listeners about their risk management career. Okay, yeah, let me let me let me point out just a few things that I've observed in my professional career. You know, one of the things clearly I think is important is when presented with a complex matter, take time to evaluate it and do so thoroughly. We we get thrown a lot of things that are outside of our normal wheelhouse. We're dealing with uh, a well-educated group of professionals. They're all critical thinkers. Their business is something they understand that we don't necessarily fully understand. They live in a different world than we live in, and they likely don't really understand your business until you've taken the time to explain it to them. So I think really in order for them to understand and appreciate your concerns from a risk management standpoint, Uh, you've got to understand their needs and what their concerns are. So I think it's so important to take time to get to know these individuals when you're presented with a question that needs to be answered, that needs to be addressed. Learn about what their work is, what their priorities are, what their needs are, because that's really what we're here for. And I think if you can demonstrate to them that you understand their needs, they will be inclined to listen to you, respect you, and respect your needs and your recommendations. Yeah, I think it's, it's so important. We deal with things in, in many cases that we've never seen before. We can, so it's so much easier nowadays. You can do a, do a web search, you can Google it, and you can sure. uh, learn a lot about something that you may have not even a clue as to what it is and what what's involved. So I think to be able to solve problems, you have to understand them. So Absolutely. I think take time to research it instead of responding immediately. Make sure you're well prepared and you understand it. So I think that's one of my first observations is take time to thoroughly evaluate and understand these complex matters that perhaps you're seeing for the very first time. Second thing I would say, and it relates to that in some degree, is create partnerships. And if it's not a, a true partnership, uh, create a strong working relationship with those key strategic partners on your campus. We've got two, two different houses, the academic side, the folks you need to know there are within the office of the provost, the deans of the respective colleges, key faculty who operate some of the riskier operations on campus, 
So get to know the folks on the academic side because uh, that's really where you can create the greatest success because that's what we're here for. We're a service bureau, essentially. We're here to help people achieve their goals and objectives, which, of course, are all related to the mission of the university, higher education. And I think do the same thing on the administrative side, dean of students, global education, university advancement, public safety, and certainly facilities management. In all instances, I think it's important to let these people know they need to understand your job, but you also need to understand what their job, and this way you can figure out the way to allow everybody to be successful to meet each other's respective objectives. So the team approach is essential. So being a good member of a team. And then I guess the final thing I would say is your job title is probably risk manager, director of risk management. And, but people tend to think of you as the person who is there to say no and tell them they, they can't do what they want to do. Remember that you are a risk manager, not a risk eliminator. You can't <laughs> eliminate risks. We have to, in some cases, you may have to uh, say no. But our goal is always to take the position of finding solutions, finding a meaningful solution that allows everybody to accomplish to the greatest degree possible what their goals and objectives are. Nobody wants to hear a downright declination of their proposal, no matter what the risk is, but take time to understand it, communicate kindly and thoroughly, and I think things will be much more successfully resolved for all parties. So that's kind of my goal. The UC system many years ago came up with the concept that everyone's a risk manager. And you think about the UC system with 170,000 faculty and staff, one person can't manage all of that risk. You have to teach people how to be a risk manager, how to do it effectively. And uh, so I, I encourage everybody to accept that we are managers, we're not eliminators, let's find solutions that work well for everybody. That is sage advice, Alan. I I love that. I've always loved the everyone's a risk manager mantra because when I came to ERMI a long time ago, I didn't know much about risk management, but it turns out it's fairly common sense Uh, and your advice is, is wonderful. I mean, just listen, be a team player, be thorough, be compassionate. Listening goes a long way. I've found because <laughs> people want to want to be understood and we want to be understood too. There, there are reasons that things are, are safe or unsafe and the risk managers really want to keep everybody safe and protect the investment. So thank you for that bit of sage advice. And before we're closing out now, you know, I know you, you're looking forward to your, your third chapter. Any closing comments or any words about your, your immediate plans for your retirement? Well, you know, my immediate plans, I don't know how immediate they are. (laughs) I was originally planned to retire in March with my uh, 70th birthday, but the recruitment took a little bit longer to get started. My goal is to allow the university to help the university continue to be successful in all these areas. So I'm going to be around at least through May, maybe further until we can get somebody on board and uh, onboarded and feeling comfortable, and I will be available as a resource. I plan to take advantage of the opportunity to continue my uh, individual retiree membership in Ermia, and I encourage everybody that can do that to do that as well. And uh, yeah, just continue to be a contributing member 
and give back a little bit to the profession that has given so much to me. We certainly appreciate you. And and a shout out to anybody listening who is in that future retiree category. Our retiree membership is complimentary. We have about, I think we're up to about 115 members right now. So it's a pretty pretty robust community. We rely on them to stay connected and be social and possibly come to a conference if it's convenient in their retirement years. So again, thank you, Alan, for your service as a board member, a wonderful board member, and your membership for a long time. Thanks for being my guest today. And I think that's going to be a wrap on Ermia Matters. You've been listening to Ermia Matters. You can find more information about Ermia at www.urmia.org. For more information about this episode, check out the show notes available to Ermia members in the Ermia Network Library.